Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. So I said a, c- a couple of weeks ago, um, our readings during Advent are coming from the lectionary. And the lectionary is the sort of set readings that all the churches, most of them use all over the world uh, each Sunday. And this reading from Psalm 126 is one of the readings that actually is set for this Sunday. Because during Advent, we anticipate the joy of Christmas. Joy is, a, a, you know, from the 12th century, a feeling of pleasure and delight from the Latin gaudia, inward joy, and the plural gaudere, which means to rejoice, rejoice. There's nothing greater than experiencing the divine nature in our lives. That is the ultimate joy, the divine nature. And in all difficulties that we face on a day-to-day basis, all the hardships and the privations are driven away in ecstatic joy at the realization of the existence of the divine. That's what creates the joy, the realization of the existence of the divine. And anyone who's had an experience of that ecstatic joy, that experience of the divine, actually does know this. You see pictures, you know, in the Bible or or run of saints in ecstatic joy as they have that particular experience of, of, of of touching the divine, ecstatic, ecstasis. That's the, from the Latin, which means literally to place oneself out of oneself, outside oneself. That's the nature of ecstasy. You become outside yourselves. And the joy of ecstasy takes us out of ourselves, out of our minds, and into the vision of our hearts. And that is what happened to the shepherds to the kings and all those who saw the Christ child. They were taken out of themselves and into the joy of realizing that they were not alone in this cold world. And it's important, you know, when all's said and done, we're supposed to enjoy our lives. Now, I know that comes to a shock to most of us who spend our lives struggling and complaining but really, our lives are supposed to be about joy. Yet there are lots of reasons uh, for being alive. You know, we've all got very serious purposes in our life. We, we need to transform consciousness. We need to transform the world. But without joy, that's all completely empty. Joy links us up to that divine nature. Bit of uh, facts here. Joy is mentioned 200 times in the Bible. That's on the, on the same level as light and wisdom. Grace is only mentioned 130 times. So it's really up there with some of the most important words in the Bible. You know, John 15, uh, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So there is something essential in that joy that completes us. That from the Old Testament in Nehemiah, it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And just a couple of quotes from people. Oswald Chambers famously said, happiness depends on what happens, joy does not. Happiness depends on what happens, joy does not. Joy does not. And Paul Selhammer said, joy is that deep, settled confidence 
that God is in control in every area of my life. God, joy is that deep, settled confidence that God is in control in every area of my life. Jesus came that we might have joy, and he clearly linked joy with turning to God. And you can see that when you look at the parables. Jesus always links it to joy. The parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the found treasure. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold everything he had and bought the field. So joy is always, you know, when Jesus tells these parables, joy is always at the end when, when they actually find the kingdom of heaven. Joy is that experience that we have then when we realize the deep connection we have with the divine and with each other. When that connection is realized, it opens up to a wisdom that has a body sensation. The wisdom has the body sensation that we call joy. The body sensation is commensurate with an idea that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago from Julian of Norwich, that all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. That, that idea that in the end, it's okay. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. That essentially we're looked after and all is right in the world. That's, that's the real message and the promise of the spiritual life. And, and really that's what we're about here. Real joy comes from being at peace with your life. You've got to start with being at peace so that you can rest in love. It's falling into the depths of life, into the deep connectivity of all things. That produces joy. There's a wonderful passage from the Buddhist scripture, the Dharmapada, and that passage is about joy. And this is what the Dharmapada, the Buddhist scripture, says about joy. It says, live in joy, in love, even among those you hate. Live in joy, in health, even among the afflicted. Live in joy, in peace, even among the troubled. Live in joy without possessions like shining ones. The winner sows hatred because the loser suffers. Let go of winning and losing and find joy. There is no fire like passion, no crime like hatred, no sorrow like separation, no sickness like hunger, no joy like the joy of freedom. Health, contentment, and trust are your great possessions, and freedom your great joy. Look within, says the Dharmapada. Be still, free from fear and attachment. Know the sweet joy of the way. How joyful to look upon the awakened and to keep company with the wise. How long the road to a man who travels with a fool. But whoever follows those who follow the way discovers his family and is filled with joy. Follow then, the Dhammapada says, the shining ones, the wise, the awakened, the loving, for they know how to work and forbear. Follow them as the moon follows the path of the stars. So, you know, in that passage, you know, in the Dhammapada, joy is absolutely central. Live in joy, even among those who hate, among 
the afflicted among the troubled. Let going of winning and losing and find joy. Know the sweet joy of the way. Joy is a sure sign that we're on the right path. And, you know, I wonder how much joy you experience in your life. You know, it is worth asking the question. And if you feel not much, then it's worth reaching for joy, even in times of pain. There's that famous verse in Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, you know, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. That The cross is the center of that thrust. And you can really translate that. Is he, Jesus is supposed to have enjoyed the cross, the suffering, because he knew fundamentally that he was connected to God, to the divine in all things. And there was a sense of wellness even in the pain. And we have to reach for that wellness. We have to stretch down through the murky waters in our life and touch the bottom, the fundamental truth that all will be well. And what comes up when you touch that bottom, like oil, is the joy of the exaltation of the Spirit. It literally leaps in our hearts for joy when we do that. And like the time, I don't know if you know, in the Bible, when, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, visits Elizabeth before the baby is born. It says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried into the town of the hill country of Judea. And she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, which is uh, John the Baptist, leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, blessed is the child you bear. It's the cavalry coming over the hill, that joy that she experienced. It's the vaccine on the way. Joy is really about wellness, knowing that all will be well and that the universe is a friendly place, that the Lord is with you. Romans 8. Romans 8.28, all things count for good for those that love the Lord. To be united with God in love is to know the true joy that's at the center of all life. And we are here to experience that joy. The second coming is really the full experience of joy. So Advent is looking towards this. Not the sort of low he comes in clouds descending, but that moment that Derek Walcott describes. He says, the time will come when with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door. That's a lovely idea of the second coming. At that moment, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door. Because, of course, the real meaning of the second coming is when all consciousness everywhere becomes aware of itself in God and as God. And when you, you greet yourself arriving, and there, you know, there is another word for joy, with elation. And that is the fullness of joy that Jesus speaks about. I have told you this, that my joy may be with you. 
and that your joy may be complete. It's all about joy when you look at it. The second coming, that moment of completion when all consciousness is transformed into one. And joy is the central experience of it all. We get hints of it in peak experiences, samadhi, enlightenment. All these touch and release the divine in joy. And the joy we feel in day-to-day life is really just a taster for the fundamental joy which does express God within. Joy to the world, it says in the carol, the Lord has come. And so in winter, in this winter of all winters, there is still that joy. When it's all over, there is joy. As Shakespeare said, what's done is done. The joy is in the doing. What's done is done. The joy is in the doing. And that's the center of it. We sow, we reap, we learn, we teach. But in it, there's joy if we did but know it. At the center of that eternal now, that sacred time, this present moment is joy if we could but touch it because all shall be well, because the universe is a friendly place, because we're connected through our consciousness and there is order in that connectivity. That knowledge produces joy. And that joy is infectious. Once realized, it can spread. And it's all this that we look to in Advent. We remind ourselves that no matter how rough it feels, deep down there is a joy that can be mined if we took the time to get there. It's a reminder not to be taken in by the way the world looks, by the politics, by the virus, by financial difficulties by relationships that have soured. All those are on the surface. The message of Jesus, the message of Christmas, is that there is joy to the world. That if you burrow down past the peace that passes all understanding, then you'll find joy. That's the next ecstatic step. And that peace enables us to calm our minds not to be in our heads, but to move to our hearts. And once we're there, that's when we find that joy, that deep river that can carry us through all forms of torment, whatever they might be. The joy, the gladness of knowing that there is a divine nature that has given birth to all this and that we're all part of that. That's the ultimate joy. That's actually the ultimate rush. And in the difficulties that we all face at the present moment, You know, it can be quite a challenge to link into that. But actually, it's always been a challenge. You know, right the way through history, that same challenge has been there in even more difficult times than we're facing at the moment. And at Christmas, it's just the yearly reminder that there is joy to access and that we do have to work on it. Like all mining, to get down to it, you've got to put in the work. And to get to that peace that passes understanding and then to go further. You know, most of us are willing to stop at the peace. I know that in my life, which is fairly dysfunctional at various times, what I really wanted was to actually find that peace. That's what I was aiming for. You know, in all the turbulence, I, I just wanted to feel a sense of peace. And when you finally get there, it's tempting to think, well, that's it. 
I'm at that peace. But you've got to realize that there is more. It's not just about the peace. You deep, you go down deeper and there is joy. And that joy comes from the peace because, as I said, it comes from the heart and not the mind. And it comes from the feeling, the heart feeling that ultimate connection with the divine. And once we have that, once we've taken ourselves out of ourselves, out of our minds, into that ecstasy of joy, then we realize the divine. Realization really means action making real. Action forming a clear concept. That's what realization means. It enables us to realize the divine. And once you do that, the only response is joy, the joy of the shepherds, the joy of the kings, of Mary and Joseph, as they see the divine face of Christ. And our challenge, our challenge from that place of peace is to make real the divine in our lives, whatever the actual circumstances, and realize that to make real the gladness is the root of joy. That's what we anticipate at Christmas during Advent, It's the joy of seeing the newborn, of being united with a lost friend, of a family reunion. It is the same joy as falling in love, because that's really falling into the joy of meeting yourself on the way, of seeing the divine in others. That's what falling in love is. I'm nearly finished. But we have to look for it to find it. We have to mine it. And if we're not looking for it, We'll just settle for what we have. Look for it in each moment. Allow it to rise up from that peace within you and meet you face to face and in those around you and in situations that you experience. That joy is what gladdens the heart. And it's really what makes life worth living. It's the reason for living. And to miss out on it is to miss out on the deepest treasure of being alive. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.